past week, my family was on a, uh, a family reunion trip uh, once a year, maybe 15 years ago or so. Uh, as we had more and more grandkids for my parents in the family, it got a lot more difficult to buy gifts and that kind of thing. And so finally, they're like, okay, done with Christmas gifts. Our gift to the family is a trip every year. And so my parents, uh, for the last, I think, 15 years, have paid for a, uh, a family trip once a year. So we went on that to Hocking Hills this past week. It was one of those luxury homes um, in the Hocking Hills area. It's beautiful. It sleeps 32 people. We only had 18. Just plenty, right? That's plenty. Uh, so it had a pool and a hot tub, a couple hot tubs, and just it was a really uh, a good time away. Uh, normally, we don't let any non-family members go uh, just because we want you know, we wanted our, our family to spend time together. Well, my oldest niece is in a, you know, a serious relationship. And, you know, we figured, well, maybe we ought to let this guy see what he's really getting into. Uh, so he was, you know, he came along uh, on the trip. And, you know, you get a feel for all the family dynamics. I was sitting back just wondering, I wonder what what's going on, you know, as he's kind of watching everything play out. It reminded me of when Nicole and I first got married, and uh, they lived in Buffalo, New York, so I, I really didn't get to know them a ton even before we got married. So it took several years to really, you know, kind of get to know them and for them to get to know me. And those family dynamics are so interesting. One night we were sitting by the TV and just watching TV, and her dad pops up and walks out of the room, and Nicole leans over, she's like, he's angry. And I'm like, Really? I, like, I thought he was just going to the bathroom or going to get some, you know, something to drink or something. And she's like, oh, no, man, he, he's angry. And I'm like, you know, I couldn't tell. But what is that? That's like the family dynamics. You know the family uh, dynamics. Well, uh, in Mark chapter 4, uh, Jesus is helping us to know what are the family dynamics in the kingdom? What's it like to be around the kingdom of God? And he, that's what the parables really are designed for, is to help us know what are those family dynamics, uh, the relational dynamics, the way in which God works. And uh, we're going to have to actually go back through a little bit of uh, the parable of the soils. I want to highlight a couple of things because uh, this whole chapter functions together. All of these parables, they feed off of each other. And the parable of the four soils that Pastor Tom uh, spoke about last week, uh, the rest of the parables we're going to look at, uh, they filter back through the lens of the parable of those soils and expound uh, things that are already, uh, that are already there. Uh, by way of understanding parables, parables are designed uh, to reveal uh, divine patterns. Parables are uh, designed to reveal divine patterns, and they explain, so you'll see in the text, they explain some of the things and the dynamics going on in the text, but they also bridge into our own lives uh, so that we can see um, how God is at work uh, and wants to be at work uh, in our own lives. I love the parables uh, because especially in, in Mark chapter 4, uh, coming on the heels of Mark chapter 3, there are numerous groups of people mentioned in Mark chapter 3. There's the crowds that are listening, right? We see some pretty interesting things happening with the religious leaders. Uh, they pretty much proclaimed all of the work and the message and the ministry of Jesus, and they said, oh, this is, this is being empowered uh, by Satan, 
And so we see them in there. Jesus' family is in Mark chapter 3, right? And they're like, hey, let's get him out of here because he's crazy and we don't want him uh, talking and sharing. And the parable uh, of the four soils helps us understand people's response to Jesus. How are people responding to the family dynamics of the kingdom of God? And so that's what the parable uh, of the four soils really does, is it lets us know how do people respond. And you can pretty much use the parable of the four soils to look back in Mark chapter 3 and say, how do people respond? And the reality for us, too, as we are around the dynamics of the kingdom and the way God's, uh, God functions, we can say, what's our response to the way the kingdom of God is beginning to work in my life. And the, those four soils are an indication uh, of our heart. You remember the seed that fell along the path and the birds came and ate it up? Who's that a picture of? That's a picture of the religious leaders, right? Because they were encountering the reality of how the kingdom works. And what did they say? They instantly judged it. They didn't understand it, but they instantly judged it and said, no way, this could not be of God. It must be uh, of Satan. And that's how they had started to commit the unpardonable sin, right? There's no, is there any sin that God, the cross can't handle? No. Why was it an unpardonable one? Because their hearts were so hard, the seed couldn't even have a chance to grow. It's the only one of the soils that nothing happens in, right? And that's the response. When I think of that response, I think of the response, no way. When you think of uh, that, that, that the, the seed that fell on the path, the response there, no way. And that sometimes is our response to God, right? Is he wants to do something in an area of our life and say, no way. And it just chops off God's ability to influence us. Uh, then there was some seed that fell on the rocky places, and that's the kind of the place where there was minimal soil. Uh, and so the seed can't, you know, when it starts to germinate, it does grow. There is some response, but there's no roots that can go uh, down deep. And the response there, I think, this is where the crowds fit in to the rocky place and then the thorny place. But the response in the rocky place is it's too hard. It's too hard. Right? First one, no way. Second one, it's too hard. As we begin to be influenced by the kingdom of God, and we'll begin to see through the other parables why it becomes sometimes so difficult, we say, this is too hard. This is too difficult to respond to God in this because um, maybe it's too painful. And then there was some seed that fell among the thorns. And again, there are people in the crowds that this would be true of. Uh, there are other things that creep in, right? Uh, other cares of the world that creep in and they choke out the seed. What's the response there? I don't want to give up what's required. You see, as the kingdom of God moves into the different places of our lives, sometimes we say, you know what? This costs too much. And I don't want to give up what's needed and what's necessary for all of what God wants to do in my heart. Uh, to take root and to grow and to, and to bear fruit. And then there's the, the good soil. Now, this is interesting to me uh, because the good soil presumably would be who in the chapter 3? It'd be the disciples, right? That's one of the things that took place in Mark chapter 3 was Jesus called the disciples uh, to himself. And you'd say, okay, wow, if anybody's going to be the good soil, right? It would be the disciples. And so Jesus calls the disciples to himself. But through the whole gospel of Mark, do they really get it? <laughs> Not really. I mean, Mark's gospel 
at the end of it, chops off, and really all you have is they have failed. They've all scattered. Peter denies Jesus, and Mark chops his gospel off. And, and that's kind of um, how it ends. So I'm trying to figure out, if the disciples are the good soil, how in the world are they the good soil? It certainly isn't their faithfulness. It's certainly, they don't understand the parables any more than anybody else did, right? I mean, that's obvious. They, they don't get it anymore. What is it that makes them uh, the good soil? They don't have special capacity to figure it out. Uh, but in Mark uh, verse four, uh, chapter 4, verse 10, something interesting is there that gives us an indication of the good soil. It says, when he was alone, the twelve and the others around him. So it wasn't just the selected, right? Those who lingered around. You know, like sometimes after a message, people will linger around because something's stirring inside, and they need to process what they heard, and they want something more, right? So uh, the 12 and the others who lingered around asked him about the parable, and he told them, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, but to those on the outside, everything is said in parables, so that they may be ever seeing but never perceiving, and ever hearing but never understanding. Otherwise, they might turn and be forgiven. I always thought, why does God play favorites? Why is God so uh, exclusive? But what, do you see, what is the evidence of good soil? The good soil is the seeker's heart. It's not that you already understand. It's not that you're an extra faithful kind of person. It's that you're seeking and you want something more from God. You, you, you want, you're, you're thirsty. And that's the good soil that can, uh, that God can do something with. And just like the good soil, what, what kind of harvest does it reap? 30, 60, 100 times as much. And again, it's about the nature of the seed that goes in, and our other parables uh, are going to reveal that. What's also wonderful about chapter 3 is there are some people in chapter 3 who were not presently the good soil. That would be his family members, right? They're like, let's take this crazy guy and get him out of here. Do they all stay in that? Do they all, by the end of it, is that where they're at? No, I mean, right? They've accepted him. And so there was a response. So we're not cemented in to or, or predetermined into one of those soils, right? Things can change. Our responsiveness to what God wants to do uh, can change. And so as we go through these other parables that are coming after this, they all begin to help us understand the four soils. And they help us understand what are the family dynamics? How does this, how does this work? And so in... Uh, the next, uh, the first parable we're going to look at, uh, it's about the lamp in verse 21. Uh, the kingdom of God reveals and exposes. That's what we begin to learn here. The kingdom of God begins, uh, reveals and exposes. So here in the text, it says, Jesus said to them, do you bring in a lamp to put it under a bowl or a bed? Instead, don't you put it on its stand for whatever is hidden is meant to be disclosed, and whatever is concealed is meant to be brought out into the open. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. I want to say just a quick word about that last part. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. The good soil, the seeker's heart, it's those who hear. 
It's those who hear. Mark uses some reference to the topic or idea of hearing 13 different times through these parables and in this text. The good soil, those who have a heart to hear and to receive. And the kingdom of God reveals and exposes. What does Jesus do? So this parable actually explains what I just read to you, right? The disciples and some other around, they go and say, hey, tell us more about what you're talking about right? Isn't that what Jesus is doing? That's what he does. He pulled them aside, or they pulled him aside, and said, explain this to us. So here, uh, God wants people to know how the family dynamics work. He wants us to understand how his kingdom functions and works in our life. Doesn't that make you encouraged? That encourages me. God wants you to be able to understand That's why I had you call to mind the place in your heart that's most on your heart. Because a lot of times in that place, is everything crystal clear? Do you understand everything? Is there struggle in that place? Of course there is. God wants to shine a lamp. The kingdom of God, he wants you to understand it and know it in those places. He wants to reveal that to you. But not only that, the kingdom of God not only reveals and helps us understand but it exposes our hearts. So as God exposes and helps us understand his kingdom, guess what begins to happen? We begin to see what kind of soil we have. And that soil isn't just a forever once or all as you maybe accept Jesus. You can, you can see that every time you go into an area where, wow, something's off here. Where am I struggling? What's going on? You can begin to see What soil is my heart right now? And the way the kingdom functions, the family dynamics are that God reveals himself and who he is, and simultaneously that exposes us. Now let me ask you this. Have you ever been in a moment where in a surprised way somebody asked you a question, they popped a question on you, and all of a sudden you know the answer is the true answer you do not want to reveal. And you feel naked and you feel what? Exposed, right? Worst thing, uh, when you, you know, it's great when you do this to teenagers, but you got to wake them up. So what do you do? You go in and pop on the lights, right? And what do, you, what do people do when they're exposed in their hearts? They're exposed, like pull the covers over your head. You don't want it to be seen, right? I think a lot of times before my heart's the good soil, I've ran through each of the three of the others. First of all, no way. Push God away. Then, you know, there are things in my heart that I have to, I thank God, this is too much. This is too hard. How could you possibly ask me to be open to you in this? And then there's other things. Oh, I don't want to give that up, God. I can't lay that down. And then my heart becomes the good soil. But when you're around the kingdom of God, and this is why it's hard to follow Jesus, he's going to expose things. When you get closer and you draw in, he's going to expose things. Things that you'd rather pull the covers over your head on. But the kingdom of God is like a lamp. The next couple of verses tell us 
in the parable, Jesus said, you don't bring a lamp in and put it under a bowl or, or under a bed, right? He said, well, he tells us what puts kind of, what covers the light? And he says, consider carefully what you hear. He continued, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. Whoever has will be given more. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken away. I love how Jesus starts that. Consider carefully what you hear. Aren't they all hearing the same thing? Right? They're, they're all hearing the same thing. But he says, consider carefully what you hear. Because what you hear is a function of which soil your heart is. Does that make sense? What you, because that's what he's telling. Consider carefully what you hear because what you're hearing is a function of what kind of soil is in your heart on any given matter, on any given area of your life. The lamp is meant to shine light. What snuffs that out? What puts that under a bowl? And he says, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you and even more. What's he talking about? He's talking about judging, isn't he? He's talking about judging. And what did the religious leaders do? They had very, very harshly judged what they were seeing Jesus do and his miracles, and the ways in which he was starting to talk about the kingdom of God. They said, no way. And they judged it. What happens when we judge something? Your capacity to learn disappears, doesn't it? The moment you start judging a person, it affects anything they say, right? And if that piles on top of itself and piles on top of itself, as you probably know, there are some people you cannot hear a word they say. And no good thing could come from that person. Why? Because we've judged it. That's what puts a lamp, a, 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 a cover over the lamp, uh, is, is when we judge. And it's interesting to me, when we judge, you know, Jesus says the measure we use, the yardstick we use to size other people up is used on us. Now, think about it. Is Jesus saying, hey, the way you judge, I'm going to pull out that yardstick on judgment day. A lot of the kingdoms, Jesus came to tell us the kingdom is here and now. So there's a way in which we need to understand that this is, this is his message for how things function right now, right? The family dynamics. So let me share a story with you. Uh, this is a few weeks ago. It is not my brightest moment. Um, the toilet was clogged. My daughter was going to plunge it and, and get it, you know, get it flowing again. And from another time, I had taught her, you know, when you plunge a toilet, you have to have a little bit of water over top of the plunger or you don't get the suction to, right, right? like, get the jam out. So it was a really, really significant clog. So nothing, had, none, you know, a lot of times the water will leak down and you need to flush it to get the suction, right? There was enough water in the, and stuff in the bowl that, you know, you didn't need to do that. And if you flushed it, it would have, it was going to overflow. So I give this to her. She goes over, she puts the plunger in, she flushes it. And I have a freak out. And my freak out really hurt her. And she... Was walk, she was walking away, and I said, Annalise, don't leave. And she said, Dad, 
I'm going to say something I'm going to regret. And she left. It was certainly more wisdom than I had in the moment. Um, so she goes up into her room, and uh, I, had to, I had to leave for work, but I didn't want to leave things like that. And so I went up, knocked on the door, and she said, hey, can you, you know, she's like, I don't want to talk yet. I said, honey, I really want to talk before I have to go. So she opened the door, and, and we talked, and through, through tears, she said to me, she said, Dad, isn't it, isn't it Dad's job to teach their kid how to do this? Isn't it a dad's job to teach their kids how to do stuff like this? And then she said, things, uh, that cut very deeply, so then I'm crying. So then she said, she said, how do you expect me to learn how to do things if I can't make mistakes? And as I reflected on the whole thing, guess what came to light? God spoke to me and he said, the measure you use will be measured to you. You're judging your daughter based on the way that what you live under. You can't make a mistake. And I realized that's what I live under. So you see, how we judge others, we're actually already living under the judgment that we ourselves are putting others under. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? She said, Dad, I'm human. How do I even learn if I can't make a mistake? <laughs> and that's how I live under that same, that same judgment. So the measure you use will be measured to you. He says, whoever has will be given more, and whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away. The kingdom of God returns to us whatever, whatever we already have, and it amplifies it. Now, there's an encouragement. There's a fear here, too. Because if your heart is hard, when you're around the kingdom of God, you get harder. Right? When things are exposed, if your heart is hard, we tend to get harder. The plus side is when there's softness, it gets softer. When we, we see a little bit, we begin to see more. And he gives us more. And that's what he, Jesus is doing with the disciples. He pulls them aside and he talks to them. And they had some understanding and he gives them more. That's how the kingdom is. It returns to us what already is. And it amplifies those things. It's a beautiful kingdom, isn't it? It's a beautiful kingdom. The next parable there, the parable of the growing seed. He also said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground night and day. Whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and it grows, though he does not know how. All by itself, the soil produces grain, first the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. As soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. The kingdom of God works in mysterious ways and it cannot be stopped. And so there's another parable here with seed. So there's, there's a man, presumably a farmer, who scatters seed. And the focus of this is night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts. 
all by itself. He does not know how. And so there are two things here that help us understand what this parable adds to the kingdom dynamics. Um, The first is the farmer doesn't do anything but what? Plant and reap. Plant and reap. And the farmer doesn't know how it grows. So since the farmer doesn't do anything and he doesn't know how it grows, the focus is really on what? The nature of the seed. The nature of the seed. Friends, this should be so encouraging to us. As a seed gets planted in a small open spot within your heart, and imagine the place that you're having a hard time with right now, right? If that opens up just a little bit, and a little bit of the kingdom of God can get into that space, guess what? The thing, something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. It's going to grow. If you've ever had God work in your life, there's a point at which you say, I don't know how this happened. I don't know how this happened. I don't, I, I didn't even, this isn't, you know, I just, you made, there was a spot of openness. Maybe a mustard seed, which we'll get to. Just a little bit of openness to the kingdom in an area where you finally break down, you finally release, you finally let go. And all of a sudden, God takes over. That's the nature of the kingdom. It explodes in our hearts. And it grows. And it grows in a mysterious way. It it works its way in. We should be so encouraged that if there's a, a bit of openness in a hard spot, in a dark spot in our life, the nature of the way the kingdom of God works is it will work its way through. All the way to what? A place where there's fruitfulness. A place where there's harvest. Doesn't that encourage you to open up? Doesn't that encourage you to say, maybe I'm not as afraid of the dark spot or the place that's uncomfortable for me, that's getting exposed and revealed. Because if I can just open up a little, the nature of the way God works and in his family dynamics, he can do something with that. And he can take the little bit of openness that's maybe a pinhole and he can make it like this. That encourages me. Because a lot of times, especially in the hard spots, which of course is where the kingdom of God wants to go in your life, he doesn't doesn't pick the easy spots. He already has those. He picks the hard ones. And it encourages me. Because I don't have enough faith for this. But I got enough faith for the mustard seed. Take a step towards the kingdom in an area that it's hard. You'll be surprised that growth begins to happen. And the cool thing is, uh, the New Testament corollary, some water, uh, some water, some plant, but what? God causes the increase. God's the one who does the work. We're just receptive good soil. The next parable, the parable of the mustard seed. The kingdom of God powerfully transforms and grows. Again, he said, what shall we say about the kingdom of God and what it's like? Or what parable shall we use to describe it? It is like a mustard seed, which is the smallest of all seeds in the earth. Yet when it's planted, presumably in what kind of soil? Good soil. Yet when planted, it grows And it becomes the largest of all the garden plants with such big branches that the birds can perch in its shade. 
Now these parables, they recycle a bit and they speak a similar message and add another, another kind of dynamic to it. What's this parable causing us to look at? Size, right? You have this little bitty seed and it grows into this giant shrub that becomes big enough for, uh, for birds to, to perch uh, in its shade. You see this like, it's kind of a wow factor. What God can do, what God can do in this little, like I said, this little bit of openness that you could let the kingdom of God into your heart. Friends, we saw this on Wednesday night during the prayer, uh, healing and prayer service. People had the courage to step forward and say, I want prayer in an area of need. And they, they opened up a little. And I watch this happen all the time when we do services like that. People come for the mustard seed that they need, and that's what they have faith for. But when we begin to pray, guess what happens? All of a sudden, we're praying about things that that person never even that's not what they asked prayer for. But the God, but the nature of the kingdom is that it exposes and opens things and it opens people's hearts. And all of a sudden, the kingdom God fl- floods in and begins to what? Open things up and, and grow a person. And even in a very short moment, like a prayer service, the mustard seed that they had blossomed into something so much more. The kingdom is absolutely fantastic, it's amazing. And these parables are designed to encourage us and say, oh, thank you that the kingdom is like this. Thank you that God functions like this. But I want to highlight the added little feature here in this parable. Because it's not just the size. It's not just the small growing into this larger, uh, this larger shrub. It adds this little, the other birds can perch in its branches and in its shade. And I want to bridge the context to our life. When the tiny, inconspicuous seed gets planted in our deepest wounds and darkest sins, and because of the nature of the kingdom, those very wounds and sins get transformed. Those very wounds and sins become hope for other people. That's the parable. Man, that's amazing. The very deepest, darkest hurts, sins, struggles, you know, Family dynamics that you grew up with, that you need, as God heals those, those become the shade that other people can be under. That's the kingdom. That's the kingdom of God. Could anything get better? Nothing could get better than that. Nothing could get better than having the experience of the healing work of God in an area of your life and then somebody coming next to them, right? This just happened one of the previous, it was a month ago or so, in one of our services where we offered prayer. One of the people up here praying, they were going through something. God was meeting them. Guess who shows up in front of them who needed prayer? Somebody who had the exact, just was starting the exact same situation they were going through. This stuff happens. This is our God. This is the kingdom of God. Boy, there's no greater redemption than when we give God a little space and it blossoms and it grows and we heal and then God uses our deepest wounds and toughest spots then to do the same for someone else. 
Well, this section um, ends with, uh, in verse 33. With many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them. As much as they could understand. I love the functioning of the parables because that's how the kingdom is. It gives us enough that we're drawn in and we want more. He gave as much as they could understand. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. But when he was alone with his own disciples, he explained everything to them. The kingdom of God comes to those with receptive openness. That's what the parables here are trying to say. The kingdom of God comes to those with receptive openness. He'll give as much as they could understand. Is that an intellectual issue? It is not. What is the, the, the cap? Because the cap that Jesus, on what they could receive, was as much as they could understand. As much as we could understand is a function of the soil of our heart in any one given area of our life. He'll keep speaking and opening things up. But if we have the no way, it's too hard, I'm not, I don't want to give this up, right? So he'll give as much as we can handle, as much as we can receive. I chose those weird words, receptive openness, because receptive is the part where you're open to receiving from God. And before you say, oh yeah, I'm open, I'm open, remember the kingdom of God reveals and exposes. And where you need the kingdom most, you are going to want to pull the blanket over your head when the lights go on. I'm just, it's just the way it is. But if you can do a mustard seed, God can do something. And openness. Openness means that uh, we take the understanding we have and, then, and what we already know, and we don't say, I know everything. We remain in a place of openness. Often we fail to realize that the good soil, when we have the good soil, uh, more understanding is not uh, the function of intellectual knowledge, but a receptive and open heart. That's the whole change of dynamic Jesus was talking about. That's what it's like when you're around the way of the kingdom. I want to close with this uh, reflection and give you a couple of moments with it. Pastor Jim and the team are going to come back up. Um, but I want to give you a couple moments. And there's a question here. Ask the Holy Spirit to take you to an area of your life where a kingdom seed needs to be sown. And just ask him to bring receptive openness to that spot. So close your eyes, bow your head. Take a moment. Take a moment. Identify it. What is it? Where do you need the kingdom seed to be sown in your heart today? Holy Spirit, we just ask now for all the, each one of us has a different spot in our mind. Would you bring receptive openness to that? 
We know the kingdom dynamics, the family dynamics. They're not easy. We do want to pull the covers over our head. But would you give us openness? Make our heart good soil. As we sing this, this the closing song, stay in this place. Let his spirit minister to you. Let his spirit begin to bring about the openness. If it's helpful for you, you can just use the front here as an altar and just come and pray about that spot, that area. No one will bother you. It's just a time alone. So sometimes it's helpful for us to just respond in a physical, tangible way. So if you want to pray here, um, feel free to do that. Let's just stand and sing together. If it's more helpful for you to just stand and listen, just stand and listen. But let the Spirit continue to bring receptive openness.